Welcome to Mudville, a podcast about baseball and cinema. I'm Brody Staub. I'm Nolan Rabun. We hope you enjoy. I will say, opening day in the bleachers, you should expect beer is the, the oh, best yeah. thing, uh, the best liquid that could end up on you. Certainly. So. <laughs> but the the main point is that I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about this year, and I was thinking to myself, I would be okay just watching the bleacher creatures this year, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think watching them from afar. <laughs> and we have a good seat to watch them, and we're going to be we directly do. behind home plate oh, man. Um, about 300 feet in the air. So nice. it's, uh, it's going to be great. I'm very Beautiful. excited. I like those seats a lot, actually. I've sat in them before. It'll That's be going to be fantastic. Well, if we have any, very good time. any Mudville listeners who are also going to be in the game come through and say hey you don't know what we'd look like if you were just listening we are the white kids (laughs) white dudes who look like they host a podcast about baseball (laughs) and are probably talking shit to (laughs) isaiah kiner falafa or josh donaldson or josh donaldson although josh donaldson he shines on opening day yeah so that's that's true and we're yeah we're 300 feet in the air so they're definitely going to be able to hear us that's true yeah that is true I will say, I went to a game in 2021, I think, in like May. It was a Yankee Ray game, and it was right after they fully, like, not fully, right after they had opened up at all. And they had, the stadium was like 20% capacity or whatever. So basically, it felt like there was nobody there. It was the strangest feeling I've ever had at a Yankee game. It felt like going to a high school game. My brother and I were in section like 120 or something. We were so close to the Rays dugout. And I, I said to him at one point, I was like, do you realize that if we yell at them, they can like absolutely hear it? <laughs> like there was nobody in the stadium, and I remember yelling at Randy. I was like, "Randy, you realize they're not going to pay you, right?" <laughs> like, well, they're not. They, yeah, we're not. Uh, they are not. And also, Tyler Glass now was pitching that day, and he absolutely shut us down. And I was like, "I want him as too. he does." And he does do that, and that year he was great, and it was just all uh, yeah. a guy who I can hope will be back on the field soon in about two months, and. Another guy who yeah. might be back on the field in two months, Jose Altuve, who yeah, got hit on months. the hand Oof. towards the end of the World Baseball Classic. Ban it. <laughs> Ban it. Brutal injury. Um, Ban it all. Yes. Speaking of which, Reese Hoskins also tore his ACL, band meaning band spring training. Ban it. Let's just ban Stop baseball. It. Ban it all. Ban People the, get hurt. Ban the ban sport. It. Ban it all. It's dumb. We'll play it on a spreadsheet for real. Yeah. No, no more injuries. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Brian Cashman is now the embodiment of the New York Yankees. So if you like, it's going to be stratomatic baseball, That's calculator baseball. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. Yep, so much fun. But the World Baseball Classic had two of the most exciting games I have oh ever God, seen yeah. to wrap it up in the two final days. First of which was Japan's crazy comeback in the ninth inning. Can you over even call Mexico. it a Like it was a comeback. Don't, but don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. They they were losing the entire game. Yeah. And then the only time they were winning was when it wasn't the game anymore. Like, how is that? Uh, it's uh, you gotta love baseball. You do. I don't even um, think you can call it. It's a comeback. It's a it's a come from behind win, but it's like. You know the the Mexico comeback against Puerto Rico was a comeback. Oh sure, but I feel like that, that was crazy. Just, yeah, that they, was like um, a victory. <laughs> for those of you who might not know or do not remember, that Mexico's pitcher too. Julio Urias gave up a four Urias. spot in the first, and then Got their rock. offense came back to bail him out. Yep, and the manager called it. 
Yeah. In a sideline interview, he's like, we're going to chip away every inning. We're going to come back and win this game. That's how you do it. They did. Yeah. Well, anyway, they did not beat Japan. Neither did the United States during the final. We witnessed maybe the single greatest at-bat in MLB history as Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout, his teammate, to end the World Baseball Classic and bring a championship home to Team Japan. What drama. It was incredible. Amazing drama. Wasn't it? It was incredible. Oh, God, it was so good. It's a moment that feels scripted, yep. but it just, uh, that was the most wide-reaching moment, baseball moment yes. that, that had the that had more of a global impact than anything that you baseball had ever seen to that point. Globally, that's actually probably a very yeah. true point, now that I think about it. 96% of yeah. Japanese TVs were set to that app. There, there's no way that's true. Because well, yeah, there, probably not. there's no way that's true. Because here's the thing too: I've seen so many videos of all these people like watching the game at a bar or in a mall, and like in Japan, mm-hmm. where there's like 60 people in there. So some those people are not all at home. Well, so <laughs> does it like TVs that were on? Is that, that what it's saying? That was that, my understanding of it. Would be but of the TVs that were on, they could also 96 percent of them. I, I can't was imagine. It, was it being simulcast on every network? Because yeah. like you know, then you know, I don't know. It's I don't just, know. Maybe I there's can't nothing. On TV, twenty-four out of twenty-five Japanese citizens yeah. were watching that game. I mean, apparently <laughs> Otani is like cool. a beetle there. Oh, I believe like, it. That's you know. Yep. I mean, Michael K. Yesterday said that when he was traveling with the team with the Yankees, uh, like back in the days of um, of Hideki Matsui, he said that Hideki Matsui was straight up felt like they were traveling with Paul McCartney in England. Yeah, like it was like just being Shohei swamped McCartney. and they say they they're saying that Shohei is like even bigger like he's uh, bigger than Jesus was, he's bigger than Jesus and uh him and John Lennon yeah Shohei and John Lennon they're the same vibe <laughs> those two people only yep yeah Shohei against Trout definitely going to go down in the history books as one of those kind of um transcendent moments in the Absolutely. sport which is cool because baseball hasn't had anything like that in a long time People from other sports were talking about it. Yeah. The entire world, everybody was saying, "Did you hear? Did you catch? Did Joe you see that? Mike did you Trout? see the it final? Was, uh, it was great." Connor McDavid yeah, says about I saw that, that too. The, uh, hockey McDavid. player, great only hockey, hockey player. reference ever on this podcast, by the way. Uh, probably hockey <laughs> fans. There it is. Apology. Apology. It's not coming back. Look, I. Well, here's the thing. That might not necessarily be true because the Rangers are really good right now. I I don't can care. Can I can I have a hockey tangent for a second? No, but sure. I'm gonna do it. Okay. So here's what I know about hockey, and it's not much. Um, the Bruins are the best team in hockey right now, like by far. Uh, but the Rangers just made a huge move at the deadline. They got Harry Kane. He's like this forward. Uh, you know, Patrick Kane. What did I say? Harry. I studied about Harry Kane's a Harry Kane's a soccer. See, I told you I don't know much about yep, hockey. That's okay. Patrick Kane. Uh, Patrick Kane's a goal scorer from Chicago, and they got him at the deadline. How did you know that? You claim to not know shit about hockey. Look that, at you. <laughs> you. You little minx. You know more than you let on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, Harry Kane is a soccer player. Patrick Kane is the newest Ranger, and the Rangers are making a playoff push. And I do kind of pay attention to the Rangers when the playoffs. If the Rangers do win the Stanley Cup, we'll probably have to talk about it. Great. Well, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> now you know which episode is skipped. <laughs> We've got about two hours left until MLB The Show 23 comes out. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm going to hook that shit into my veins this year, man. I, 
I, I'm clear in the schedule already. Yeah. I'm so excited. You know what? I'm going to have to do the same thing. I, I just can't wait for it. going to use some is, birthday uh, money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first year that I'm going to have it on the, the next generation PlayStation 5 console. Sony has been rolling out all of their their content all day, hyping up their games. And actually, they have made such an, an effort this year to promote global baseball. They've got cards for guys like Roki Sasaki. Yeah, the WBC, right? Murakami. Yeah. yeah, they got WBC packs. It just looks like it's a much more expansive game this year, much more inclusive, and just much bigger in general and i am Absolutely. so excited to play it anybody out there who wants to uh challenge me to a game i'd love to make it happen midnight we got mlb the show coming out one week away baseball season is back and it has been a long winter so absolutely we are quite excited for this absolutely and uh the cool thing about the wbc is that it um there was uh yeah the wbc it's the the cool thing about the wbc is that it served as a bit of a trailer like if you liked that which you should have um guess what opening days in nine days or whatever it was at seven the time. at the time oh i'm saying so like yeah when it when it wrapped up they could be like, "Wow, how about that?" Feeling, you know, the the you know the adrenaline and everything that that just gave you. Guess what? In nine days, those two dudes are going to be on the same team, losing the Angels because they are ruining such a good thing. That is going to be like, I mean, holy crap! It's going to be looking back like they had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they never even made the playoffs. I've been watching Martin Scorsese's movies in chronological order very recently, going through some of the ones I had not seen and quite of the few that I have, and it's been very interesting to see how some of the movies that I had not seen recontextualize some of the ones that I have. And it was also interesting seeing how in the 1980s so much of his cinema changed because I, I had already seen King of Comedy and After Hours, which are both sort of more entertainment, more popcorn movie-ish than some of his downbeat flicks of the 1970s and this is of course a time where ronald reagan was president and steven spielberg was taking over hollywood the movies of john hughes were so popular and american cinema was turning into a corporate wasteland and the best director of the new hollywood found himself at odds with where the market was was headed and it's been interesting for me to see how he responded to that. New to me, movies were the color of money, and I'm still watching The Last Temptation of Christ. I've been kind of doing that one in chunks. I have trouble with some of Scorsese's epics about religious suffering just because it's something that's so intangible to me and something that I just don't concern myself with, that when craft on display is immaculate as always and it's just not something that i can put in the upper pantheon amongst one of my favorite filmmakers ever and one of the greatest directors to ever live it is quite interesting though that he followed up both of his three-hour religious epics the last temptation of christ and 2016's silence with goodfellas and the irishman I also went to Film Forum this week and I saw Charles Lawton's Night of the Hunter starring Robert Mitchum and it was tons of fun to go and see a classic like that. One of the greatest horror films ever. If you would ask some people, they might even say the greatest. There are tons of Night of the Hunter heads out there. <laughs> 
and for good reason. People love Night of the Hunter. They do. People love Night of the Hunter. Robert Mitchum portrays one of the most terrifying movie villains of all time. This southern singing preacher who is coming after these two children to hunt down their dad's money. Those who know Night of the Hunter know that it is Charles Lawton's only directorial effort, which is just insane. Incredible cinematography, a remarkable usage of lighting. It was a lot of fun seeing a movie like that in a full crowd of people who were excited to see it in an intimate theater like the Film Forum, and I will certainly be going back again to experience more rep cinema screenings in the city of New York. In other film-related news, Shazam 2 flopped. Who cares? <laughs> back to movies. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to throw back to Shazam. <laughs> Superhero cinema has been an abandoned strip mall for years now, and to see it finally dying is giving yeah. me great relief. I'm good with it. Yep. Later. Bye-bye. You guys had your time. We've had enough. We've had your time. You know what? It's baseball time. <laughs> it's baseball time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But You're done. Which Even the kids don't, don't care anymore. I don't anymore. think they care anymore because but the, the only kids thing are on is, fucking think, TikTok. But they the only thing they know about movies is that there's superheroes in them. So like how are they going to go see anything else? That's so crazy to think. Yeah, dude, if That's you're depressing. like 7, imagine if you're 7 right now. Okay, <sighs> if you were 7, you were born in 2016, terrifying. That means that the only like movie, like blockbuster movies, dude, a 7-year-old's brain right now is fucked up. Yeah, Hold on, because no, so the pandemic, pandemic, pandemic when they were 4, which probably don't really know anything about school nope. because that would have been right when they were supposed to go. So school's weird. Movies are all boring and about superheroes who passed their prime in 2014, two years before they were born. But it's literally the only thing that's made for them. Everything started returning to a world that they didn't know and yep. arguably didn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. They're, they, they're growing up hearing that everything has to return to a world that they don't know. That's crazy. Insane. Wow. It's like a freaking movie. Wow. Speaking of movies, John Wick <laughs> 4. I'm going to see it Are hopefully you? soon. Have you seen the first three? Oh, yeah. Are they good? The first three John Wick movies are actually very, very entertaining. I've um, never seen them. Some of my, my friends from home, they aren't huge like film heads, but I remember 2019, we all rolled out to see John Wick 3. We watched him kill Boban Marjanovic with a book. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Is Boban actually in the... He's in John Wick movie? 3. Really? Yeah. John Wick... Uh, How'd you know it was him? <laughs> yeah, how'd you recognize him? Yeah, it's it's one of the memorable scenes, I'd, I'd say, in the trilogy. He It's it's like one of the first ones in John Wick 3. He shows up, he's in a library, and he like quietly fights this seven-foot Russian, who, of course, <laughs> is being played by the, at the time, center for the San Antonio Spurs. Boban Marjanovic. Yeah, and he like Amazing. shoves a book. Like into his mouth to kill him, like That's repeatedly, like over. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. incredible. You should come with me this weekend, and then we can talk about That'd it on the good. podcast. You should do it. It'd be a nice change of pace. To talk about. <laughs> do a I movie have that to see seen. the first three? To uh... I would say not real. I mean, I would say definitely see them. <laughs> am I, I, I going to be lost? I don't Isn't know. It just about murder. Like, yeah, there, pretty much. Is it's, there a they're story? Just, they're just gun fu movies, but they're they're very good gun. It's the movies. same thing as uh, Fast and the Furious, basically, is it not? I mean, am I going to get everybody mad at me for saying that? Probably not. Okay. I've never seen the Fast and the Furious movies, but it's basically. You have never seen the Fast and the Furious movies? 
guns instead oh, of cars. How the fucking turntables. All right, let's <laughs> let's do twenty minutes on Fast Six. Do so, it. Yeah, no, let, let's <laughs> let's hear it. Go off. All right. So here's let's what I remember it. about Jonathan every Rosenbaum. I, I think I've seen two Fast and Furious movies, but I honestly don't know which ones. <laughs> and I don't. The only thing I remember that happens in them is that one of them there was like a um there was a tank. Uh, that they were driving, and then for some reason, like The Rock was like friends with all of them, but then he wasn't, but then he was. And then uh, Ludacris is in it for some reason, and you're like, this is weird because he's Ludacris and, you know, he's acting. And I just, uh, the first time I saw it, I didn't know that he was in it, and I was like, I'm Ludacris. <laughs> like, you know, it turns out that he's a main character. And I think I turned to my friend that I was with, I was like, is Ludacris like a part of these movies? <laughs> Movie time! It's freaking movie time. I we're like back. We're using that now. Is it th- that? That means it's movie time. That means it's movie time. I mean, we've done it more than once now. That means it's a pattern. I'd say it's a tradition. Even it, it could be. Wow, could be crazy times here on Mudville. Yeah. Well, we watched 1942's *The Pride of the Yankees*, directed movie. by Sam Wood, director of Marx Brothers comedies *A Night at the Opera* and *A Day at the Races*, sure. as well as the 1939 Did you do any afternoon movies. *Goodbye, Mr. Chips*. <laughs> That's a hell of a title. Where, where did he go? Where's Mr. Chips? You know what movie I'm interested in? What's that? *Hello, Mr. Chips*. I, that's the sequel. I want to know where yeah. it came from. Good, what what about uh, Good Morning, Mr. Chips? That's the third one. I don't know. I think now we're pushing it. Anyways, Maybe. Sam Wood, some studio asshole. Anyway, this movie is starring Gary Cooper as the great, the iron horse, Lou Gehrig, mm-hmm. titan of the New York Yankees, held the all-time consecutive games played record until Cal Ripken broke it. Cal Ripken Jr. I mean, what do you even say about him that, that hasn't been said? It's Lou freaking Gehrig. He's the Iron Horse. Yeah, do you have any you hot know who he Lou is. Gehrig takes? You know his speech. You know how he died. Wait, what did he say? And this is a movie about his life, which came out surprisingly soon after we, he we died. Learned. So he died in 1941. This movie came out in 1942. Yeah. Um, which, uh, it, maybe there was a different cultural thing about something like that. Like, maybe they didn't see it as so callous or... Well, like yeah, Hollywood was just grab. so, so like, different. This was yeah. before any Hollywood movies, how we see them today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It hold, I thought it held up pretty well you know it's cool to see it's really cool to see old new york and like babe ruth is in it yeah um bill dickey is in it like you know all these like old yankees are actually they're playing themselves and 
a number of the New York Yankees from this era played themselves. We got an and we had a fun Babe Ruth performance, which yeah. just even if this it's was really a terrible cool. movie, you know, like it's just it's wild to watch Babe Ruth in a movie because yeah. like, I've I've never really seen, like heard him talk. Me neither. I, know, I've only I, heard I him talk he a few like. times. It was kind of cool to yeah. see. And so, he also played like they show him play baseball a little bit and it and like not really play baseball, sure. but they, you know he's like he has a bat and he's you know he, they have him like throwing and he's like old now because he retired I think in the mid thirties. This is the early 40s yeah um and he died a few years after this too but um they show the first time you see him he's ripping a hot dog also which yep. is kind of funny he shows up in the in the locker room he's like boys how are we and he's like ripping a dog and it's just like yeah that that's what i want for ruth content yeah <laughs> most of the scenes all the scenes where we see babe ruth are always in the context of he's the, around he's with the, the guys the he's party. like hey babe we saw you with your cigar you yeah. you've always worn great hats babe but this one takes the Cake. This is a good one. There's an insane scene oh where I, the, the team so eats confused. Babe Ruth's they hat. Eat his hat. Like they start taking bites out of his They're hat. Taking uh, this. This sounds like a bit that we're yeah, doing. This no, is not a bit. This they is real. Eat his hat. They eat <laughs> Babe Ruth's hat, and then they hand the hat to Lou Gehrig, who gets caught with the hat. And then Babe Ruth is like, "Why you little yeah. like Homer like choking on Bart, yeah. thinking he was just chowing no, down on, on this like straw hat." Wait, there's also so strange. Speaking of weird, violent stuff in this movie, there's a moment early on. It's when Lou Gehrig is trying to rush the frat that he joined in at Columbia, which I feel like this. It's wrong to call it a frat. I feel like you have to call it a fraternity. Yeah, because it's like a Columbia fraternity from the '40s, and they're all very proper. They wear, they wear suits and are fed by butlers, you know, as frats do. So um, <laughs> it's like. Uh, he's sitting there and you know they had just had their their dance or something and he met this girl and like she gave him flowers or something to remember her by and then one of his fraternity brothers like is you know giving him some shit and he's like he says the same thing he's like you know oh I just you know I, I, I'm moving out of here next because I'm a senior I'm graduating but I want you boys to all have these and he's like you know he's taking the piss at Lou Gehrig <laughs> and Gary Cooper leaps over the table like full <laughs> extension on this table and tries to choke slam this dude from a chair and it's like you know that we just don't see that anymore you don't no. see that anymore I want more of that in my movies and in real life <laughs> I would love to see someone you don't see leap Trout. over a table yeah try to fucking kill someone with, uh. for you know making fun of them lightly <laughs> well yeah that's give that's, me more of that towards the start of the movie this movie opens with a bunch of kids playing baseball in a sand lot and of course a i want to go play baseball in a so sand lot badly behind a wall i, I want to play so baseball bad. so badly yeah. so bad and a young lou Gehrig cranks a home run breaks a window and then the adult comes down yells at the kids what are you kids doing and i i broke the ball or I broke the window. Well, the cops come name? over and yeah. they, you know, it's not like he could have really lied because he literally was sliding into home plate. And you can't be like, <laughs> I didn't hit it. It's like, yeah. the rules. I like how in this scene, one of the kids has, I like about the scene, they're, they're playing the game and he has a bunch of baseball cards and one of them is a Babe Ruth rookie card and it's, and the, the kid is like, yeah, he, he's just he's a, a rookie. rookie. Do you want it? No, you keep it. So, yep. you know, that's, that's a nice little, cool. a nice yeah. little nod to some of the the insiders in the audience who yep. who've heard of this Babe Ruth fella. <laughs>
a lot of the scenes where are introduced to Lou Gehrig are, are kind of like, oh shucks, there's mm-hmm. Gehrig, the all-American fullback, and then you know, my the, favorite part is the football coach who really doesn't want him to, yeah. <laughs> to get recruited for foot or for baseball. He's sure. like, we had uh, wait, who did he have? He's it's like Hal Chase or something. Like oh, that. Yeah, he yeah. ended up being a Yankee, so we can't <laughs> don't we'll turn him into a ball player. We need him for the football team. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's kind of fun to think of a time where you know the real athletes went to baseball yeah it's fun. did you notice that there was a scene where they were like don't call a doctor he'll cost two dollars <laughs> <laughs> well wait there was actually there was another moment where lou gehrig's mother has to go to the hospital and it's right when lou gehrig is on his way out to hartford to start playing for like the yankees minor league system or yeah. something like that so they go to the hospital, and at one point he says, "Oh, it's don't worry about it. All the city hospitals are free." And I was like, "Wait, wait a minute! <laughs> I wish. Wait, wait, wait! wait. Oh, We've man. gone backwards. I knew that we are not. I know we're behind. I didn't know that the city used to have free health care, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I'm not sure that it did. That's I, not something I, I'm very well versed. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I'm I am inclined to believe the movie, but mm-hmm. um, either way." Yeah, kind of interesting. A lot of it is taken up by this narrative arc of Lou Gehrig's mother wanting him to be an engineer. Yeah, and then of on. course, as soon as she sees a baseball diamond, that yeah. all changes. Um, She's like, "I'm never going to a game." Yeah, and they, then she goes to a game. <laughs> they do spend a little bit too much time on that. I think yeah, it's it's very difficult for me to draw a lot of tension out of the question of whether or not <laughs> Lou Gehrig is going to play professional baseball. Yeah. I'm just kind of like skip past this a there little bit. There is something interesting though about this. You know, if you look at it analytically and you want to do, um, you know, a real deep dive, it's like he's this doomed, soon-to-be hero. You know, whose mother only wants him to go into this field, and she because she wants him to go be someone. And there's this cool kind of like, you know, yeah, but like he does, like it's you know, it's yeah, it's, you know, he becomes someone else, and like he becomes a hero to millions, like all these things. You know, it's like it's it's different. Um, they it's want the same cool. things. They just yeah. don't know it. Exactly. It's, an, it's cool. Little uh, interesting scene where he tells his mother he's going to Hartford and she hears, Harvard. oh, he's going to Harvard. And their engineering school yeah, is fantastic. So that's yeah. kind of how they let it, they, they kind of like let him leave. We should also notion. mention this movie is like two hours and 10 minutes long. It, 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 it is long and it does too, drag a little bit. Long. Yeah. It's, there's a whole scene actually where I was watching it and thinking that this does not have to, like, this could be any movie from back then. This is, has nothing to do with the fact that he's. Lou Gehrig. It's what when they, it? they go to the dance and then they go to like a fair. And there's like um he does like the bell, ring the bell with the, oh, the strength yeah. hammer and like, you know, they they go there's a singer and they go to a bar and dance and like it's like um and the second, you know, Babe Ruth and the baseball showed up, I was like, you know, everyone look, it's <laughs> it's the Yankees. <laughs> it's the Yankees. <laughs> it's the Yankees from the forties. But you know, the rest of it I was like, Man, these people would have no idea what I'm watching if yeah. I should, you know, it's just like it's you know well, let's focus on the the you know the love story. I thought was good. I actually I I enjoyed it. It was cute. It was fun. Um, it was very sweet. Yeah. No. I but I thought that it was it was certainly well played was, and well acted. Yeah. There was a lot of it though that could have been. Yeah. Know, this this movie reduced. could have been a tight ninety. Yes. I think we'll, we're pretty been pretty worse. confident in saying that. Yes. Um, anyways. Wally Pip, the Yankees' first baseman, starts mm-hmm. seeing double, and then they put old Tanglefoot in the game. Tanglefoot. Yeah. Luger. Let me tell you, if somebody hit you with Tanglefoot in the 20s, you were done. You were cooked. Done. There you was Tanglefoot nothing you could say. Forever. Forever. 
tangle foot. Tangle oh, man. foot. Prone to feet tangling. Yeah, to contextualize that a bit, Lou Gehrig <laughs> steps into his first game, trips on a bat, immediately eats shit. A bat. All the bats. All of the bat. Yeah, he trips on all of the... I don't even know how he they did that. They were set up like a conveyor belt. Yeah. <laughs> what were they doing? And then uh, his future wife calls out from the crowd and dubs him Tanglefoot, and the whole stadium laughs. Then, yeah, and then, of She's course, he... He gets He's like, hit. that name is going to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> the hot dog king's daughter. There's a scene in the movie later on where Babe Ruth hits a home run for a sick kid in the hospital. So Lou Gehrig yeah. hits two. Yep. Kind well, the of kid, a dick the, move. No, the kid <laughs> asked him. The kid asked him. So Babe Ruth is in the hospital. It's actually, it's kind of funny that Babe Ruth agreed to this because the way that it comes off, at least now. So Babe Ruth is in the hospital. There's all these cameras and reporters and everything. Like, you know, everyone's focusing on this kid. You know, the sick kid, Little Billy, in the hospital. Of course, his name is, you know, Little Billy. Babe Ruth agrees to, you know, hit a homer for him. He's like, oh, yeah, of course, I'll hit a homer for you. <laughs> And then, you know, he's like, how about you can pick a field, left, right, or center? Ah, has center field. How about that? And the kid never answers. It's like very, it's like a publicity thing. And then um, his friend, who I never really figured out what this guy does. I think he's just his friend. He just but, hangs out. Um, yeah, he's just there. He's just vibing. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Um, his, so everybody leaves. Lou Gehrig just stays there. It's just him and the kid. And then his friend is, like, kind of watching through the door. Like, he doesn't know that he's there. Lou Gehrig, like, talks to the kid, and he's like, you know, the, the kid says, will you hit a home run for me too, mister? And he has him send the ball. And he goes, yeah, sure, why not? You already got one from the babe, though. You want one from me too? And he's like, of course. Actually, can you hit two or something? And then he's like, well, all right. And then this story gets out of the pot. It's like, you know, it kind of paints Ruth as being, like, this, you know, vain dude. <laughs> while, like, Lou Gehrig was, like, this genuine, you know, nice guy. Which I'm sure, you know, he was. But it's just, it's interesting that Babe Ruth is literally playing himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's true. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, it's interesting. Maybe Babe Ruth one day, like, went to the hospital and was like, hey, yeah. I'm go deep for this like sick kid yeah. and then like yeah, yeah. 20 minutes later he finds out that his teammate promised to hit two home <laughs> two. runs and then yeah. he actually did it he so did. Like, his they teammate both did just get all hit one the and hype. Get hit two yeah in the and world then, series too and then <laughs> 10 years later they ask you to go make a movie about how you got one up <laughs> you got outdone yeah garrick also says something really kind of weird to this kid when he's in the hospital where he's like well i'm gonna do something oh for you God. but you're gonna yeah. do something for me and you're gonna get better and you're gonna fight for it and it's like he says it in such a way where yeah. like if if you kid, have cancer you just gotta try yeah. harder and yeah and like if the kid doesn't get better like he's gonna feel like he didn't want it yeah like, <laughs> that's, really that's kind of fucked although up although there is genuinely at the end i mean what else are you gonna tell a sick kid that's all they yeah. can do it's fine it's fine it's fine um but there is a moment at the end actually that is really sweet where the kid shows up right when garrick is going into the stadium to give his speech because he's already been taken out of the lineup he's you know he's he's gotten the diagnosis um oh and by the way if you ever want to feel scared of randomly developing ALS, watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, you know, it's, you don't think about it ever. You, you don't, and then it, yeah. you know, turns out, you know, but either way, this kid shows up at the door and he's, he goes, Mr. Garrick, Mr. Garrick, I just wanted to tell you, you don't remember me? And he goes, no. And he goes, it's me, Billy. You know, you, you visit me in the hospital. He hits homers for me. He's like, oh, and, you know, he just shows him that he can walk now. And it's like this very sweet moment. Yeah. Um, that plays very well, I think, even now. Yeah, uh, ALS is not something that's typically on my radar, but yeah. this movie, uh, this movie might have changed that. Yeah, 
gonna gonna add it to the list of uh anxieties yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy that that a guy named Lou Gehrig developed Lou Gehrig's disease yeah, why would he do that what a coincidence yeah weird um there's that scene where it's like they they get they get married and then there's a whole thing about the cops escorting him to the game and they have that line oh it takes him 20 minutes to get home doesn't mean he gets home in 20 minutes like it's the closest that you could possibly come in 1942 to implying sex exists yeah man yeah and then the cops escort lou gehrig to the game which is kind of funny because like if they just run over yeah. some dude like sorry man the yankees first baseman he's got to yeah. get there you should you shouldn't have been in the way yeah yeah, yeah. that's a re- that's actually it's a really, really accurate weird. representation of cops yep yep <laughs> um but the you're forgetting the most the best representation of cops in the whole movie which is where lou gehrig shows up at his soon-to-be fiance's door at four in the morning and he's stopped by by sheriff o'duel <laughs> and <laughs> he shows up and he's like hey you what are you doing here and he's like i've just come to see about a young lady <laughs> and the guy's like at four in the morning what are you doing here who are you which like is none of your business yeah <laughs> like, you know i mean i guess sure a shady dude outside the door saying he's there for a young lady but also enough. like but the cops aren't gonna like stop him he's what, white like that too this is the 40s yeah and this is like and the guy then he says well it's me lou gehrig and he goes Oh yeah! Here, let me get you in the door. <laughs> Hold on a second. Oh man, yeah. yeah, you're right. You are. I didn't notice. Anyway, here, let's buzz him. Oh boy, it's really weird. Yeah, it's all strange. And then from there, it gets into the you know ALS stuff. The yeah. rest of the movie is a downer. Sad. I think it's played actually very well. There's quite the. Uh, emotional scene yeah. towards the end between lou and ellie that's she she was great she was great also this movie like, actually got 11 academy award nominations did it win any i think it won best editing interesting interesting, <laughs> interesting yeah. for it to win for that but okay it is sure yeah i don't know i i just didn't notice the editing i didn't which notice I guess the editing back either. then is kind of the gold standard if yeah. you didn't notice it because i, I think yeah when editing was analog that means a lot sure if you don't you know, actively think they did a shit job cutting this together. This has been the Mudville Podcast, a podcast about baseball and cinema. I have been Nolan Rabine. I have been Brody Staub. Goodbye. <laughs>